welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Lucas Sosnick, a 17-year-old from New York City who founded Green Street Games. His first title, Crisis on Cardia, has a unique hook where he'll donate a game to a school for each pledge that he receives. Here to talk about it is Lucas. Lucas, welcome to The Binge. How are you doing, sir? Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, it is great to have you on this uh, this podcast. This is an inspiration, I think, to a lot of people, right? As a parent myself with kids that are your age, this is my dream, right? <laughs> One of them will pick up the mantle and uh, go out there and try a business and kind of just put themselves out there and uh, and go at it. And uh, man, it to, to see someone 17-year-old doing this, this is just awesome. You got to be super proud of yourself. I'm sure your folks are pretty proud too. Yeah, it's been, it's definitely been a crazy journey. I mean, from the start, I started in like 10th grade of uh, my 10th grade summer and it's just been nonstop for like a year and a half, almost two years. And it's just like, it feels so rewarding to see this project finally come to life and to be such a major success as well. So like at 17, I got to imagine most of your life has probably been uh, video games, right? Like uh, gaming consoles and stuff like that. Like, was there ever really board game playing like growing up or is this something more recent for you or? Yeah. So I think board gaming in general has been a more recent thing for me. Although when I was younger, I used to play magic. Okay. Um, yeah. Playing, playing card games in general has been something throughout my life. Like I was big into Hearthstone, um, maybe a, a year or two, maybe two years after it came out. And I think I got legend, which is the highest rank in about two months. So I was, pretty good at that game and i feel like uh that sort of sh strategy element that card games often provide um interests me a lot and i think that's why i chose to create a card game rather than a board game to start off and i don't have the like coding ability to to program a, a video game um so i thought if i want to do game design um it's between a card game and a board game and a card game is much more up my alley. So you're going to go analog so you can cut it with scissors and uh, print it on exactly. a printer, I guess. Now, when you're playing games, like, is it your family play games or has it been more with your friends over the years or? Yeah. So my family isn't the typical like gaming family. Yeah. Um, it's a very new thing. And I feel like me uh, creating a card game has actually helped them understand the gaming world uh, better and get a glimpse into the the life that I have lived in since I was very young. Um, although it's, they're not playing video games, but they still get a sense as to like why games are fun, even though yeah. it's not online, uh, which I think is also a major uh, plus for, for, for creating a card game, like to share that experience of, of having fun with my family. Yeah, it's interesting, this, uh, this industry. I, um, you know, I'm, I'm rather new to the industry. I've been, uh, you know, doing game design and publishing for, you know, the past three years. You know, you go back a couple of decades when I f created my first game, but I never really um, got into this whole idea of even the, the idea of publishing it until about three years ago with the advent of crowdfunding and Kickstarter. And I like what you're saying there is that, you know, in talking with family and friends, and it's interesting when you play games because you really look at it with very different eyes and then they start to see it with very different eyes as well, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah. like the idea of mechanics is nothing. It's something that's never even really come up in the past when we play games, but 
after creating games, you actually start actually paying attention, right? So you're playing a game, you're actually like, ooh, what's the core mechanic here? Well, you know, how does this work? Oh, that's an interesting decision that the creator had when they did that. Or, you know, maybe you don't like the decision creator made and oh gosh, I think I'd put a house rule here and so forth. So it really does make you look at this industry from with, you know, very fresh eyes, I would say. So this is this your graduating year then, is it? Or yeah, I mean, I'm a senior right now, which is basically okay. my last year of high school. And then are you going off to college or what, what's your plan? Yep. I'm in the midst of college applications, which are not fun and they're very stressful, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to go right now. I'm just applying. I'm, I'm planning to apply to a bunch of colleges. So we'll see how that. Now, do you have a general idea of the kind of discipline you want to get into? Like as a business or what, what's, where's your interest lie? So I don't want to major in business, but I definitely want to go into business when I'm older. Like entrepreneurship is a huge, as I've always been interested in entrepreneurship. It's just a matter of like what field of study I'm going to, I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to start a business in. And to that, I've, I've kind of narrowed down my focus to neuroscience slash chemistry, like the, the more wow. hard sciences. So I want to create, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, my goal, my goal is to create a business that's like, uh, like a neuroscience business or, or some, some business that helps people with mental uh, or psychiatric disorders. And I've done yep. research already in that field, like, like uh, academic research in that field, because I don't know, it's, it's just like depression, for example, is just something that in, in impacts so many of my friends and so many people who I know. Yeah. And I feel like if there's a way, if there's something I can do, whether it's like starting a company or creating some new uh, medicine that can help people who, who suffer depression, schizophrenia, et cetera, then that's going to be, extremely rewarding and it's going to be a great challenge as well. Yeah. And maybe Elon Musk will be looking for a summer student uh, during one of your <laughs> early years, eh? And uh, Neuralink there, that'd be kind of cool. It's certainly when I was thinking about, you know, your game and your journey, um, it, it kind of made me think, I, I was wondering, was it the crowdfunding angle that attracted you first or was it the game? Which of those two kind of Kind of sparked the intrigue for you were you looking at kickstarter as kind of crowdfunding and then thought okay now board game like a card game i can kind of fit into that or was it more i want to create a card game and then oh by the way i think i can put this on kickstarter yeah so i think it was much more like i want to create a card game and i can put this on kickstarter mm -hmm. um i i like the crowdfunding idea like getting you know raising money through um people's belief in your project yeah. um but more specifically i really wanted to create a game because I feel like game design, uh, the skills you learn from game design, um, there's like parallels between those skills and, and, and real life. For example, problem solving, like let's say a mechanic's not working or the game's not balanced, trying to figure out a way to fix that or to, to slightly yeah. change this or that, the little nuts and bolts of, of the game. Um, those skills that you gain from, from creating, creating a, your, your own game are, are super important for any other field uh, of study, like anything you do in life, in my opinion. And then, so this idea of um, crisis on Cardia, how, how did you come up with the idea for this game? Yeah. So started about a year and a half ago, almost two years. The, I kind of forget exactly, but it was 10th grade summer pretty much. Um, and I was in quarantine. Uh, and like most people, I was very bored waking up uh, doing playing video games, just eating, going to sleep, pretty much the same thing every day. So I was looking for something to do that was a little bit more productive than playing video games every day. So I thought, why not bring my passion of 
game design to the table. And the thing that actually sparked that idea was a dinner slash uh, card game play session of Exploding Kittens with my mom one yeah. night. It was a random night. We were just chilling, eating dinner. Uh, Exploding Kittens was out on the table for some reason. I don't know why, but we, I remember that one of my friends from my camp, uh, we played it at my camp and um, it was really fun. So you're like, why not just play this game here and see how it goes? Turns out it was super fun. And the next morning I was like, I have a purpose. I know what to do. And from then on, it's, uh, I've just been grinding and really working hard at um, creating a game that, 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 uh, that not only is super fun to play and is, and is uh, easily accessible for new gamers and veterans alike, mm -hmm. but also that helps to educate and build confidence in today's medical professionals because I wanted to use this game as a way to, uh, as, as sort of an educational tool as well, and 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 bring some good about it rather than just make money. Um, yeah. And that was one of the driving forces uh, of creating this game. And so, did the, uh, I mean, it seems maybe obvious, but the pandemic uh, in terms of the theme, <laughs> did that play a role in it? Or uh, I imagine yeah. it did, yeah. <laughs> so, so the original title of the game was actually Quarantine. Uh, which, or team oh t-e-a-m oh that's cool yeah yeah it was an interesting idea but um i felt like it was missing a, a part of me and who i was and so i was like i was kind of thinking how do i uh add my personality while still maintaining the the the, the core focus of like um uh educating people about the heroes of the pandemic and and you know uh still relating to to, to the the, basically why I set out to make the game. And so I basically switched the, the, the theme to a sci-fi theme and called it Crisis on Cardea. Um, and the idea is that Cardea is basically a planet far in the future uh, and it's humanity's last colony. Um, and the goal of the game is basically to build teams of Cardeans to resolve viral outbreaks because Cardea is home to so many viral outbreaks. Um, and actually the inspiration for the name Cardea comes from the Roman goddess of health. Uh, oh, and I cool. thought that was pretty cool because like health relates to, you know, pandemic viruses, all that stuff and, and, yeah. and the medical field uh, and it's a card game. So Cardea. And then you've got these different uh, ecosystems within the planet. So how does that work? How's that come into play? Yeah. So this was another thing that I wanted to add just because I think it's pretty cool to, to show off diverse biomes in any mm -hmm. planet, like in any sci-fi uh, media. Um, so what it, basically how the, how the planet works is that it's on sort of a different tilt than Earth, allowing for um, pole, like, like Arctic poles on the top and bottom. And then you have a sort of uh, like a, a jungle region in between there. Yep. And then you have a desert, actually, sorry, no, no, no. The, the, the desert regions above and then a jungle region um, in between. And these biomes are sort of extreme. They're very, very extreme, uh, much more extreme that you, than you would find on earth. And if you take a look at the pictures or that little GIF on yep. the Kickstarter, you can see sort of like the, the animated uh, live version of how the biomes look on the planet of Cardia. And the space station, obviously, because it's, it's a sci-fi game and you know, <laughs> I'm gonna need a space station. Well, I think it's really cool is that you, um... I mean, the temptation could obviously be, okay, how do I make this just kind of 
a metaphor for what's going on right now in the world. And, but I like the fact that you push it into the future and you push it onto another planet, right? So it's obviously uh, inspired by current events, but it's not mm. uh, kind of a, a replay of current events, right? Because that's a little close to the right. nose for some people. So I think that was pretty smart how you guys kind of took that approach yeah. to say, you know, let's make this another planet and so forth. And in terms of coming up with this, this story, was it just got out your, your pen and paper and just start writing the story and the characters or, or how did that come about? Um, the story of how Cardea began and yeah, the whole backstory. Yeah. I mean, I think that just came with time, like uh, discussions, not only like, like not only my thoughts, but also discussions with one of, uh, one of, one of my team members, Olivier Miller, yeah. uh, who's, who's instrumental in, in getting this kickstarter to launch along with other people, which I'll talk about later. But, uh, <laughs> we, we discussed this a lot and we tried to come up with ideas for like how the planet would look what the planet would be called, um, what different Cardain specialists we wanted to include and how we wanted to depict who they are, yeah. like how they look um, and and what they're doing on the card art. Uh, yeah, that's cool. And then um, this whole idea of giving a game away for each pledge, how did, like, walk me through that. Like, yeah. how did that come about? Yeah, so that's, I forgot to mention this, but that was actually one of the, the first things also, like right when I started creating the game, I knew I wanted to have some sort of charitable aspect or to, to incorporate some, some, some way of giving back to the community. Mm -hmm. And uh, the basic idea is that for every game sold, one will be donated to a public school um, and the backer can choose what public school it is or just leave it up to us. Um, and the reason I did this is because one, I wanted to share uh game like like my passion of games and and maybe inspire someone who's in, in a younger generation to start a board game or a card game of their own mm -hmm. um and two uh i think it's it's helpful for students to to learn about these important um uh, jobs slash heroes of the pandemic mm -hmm. um like the virologist epidemiologist and really get to know what they do and why they're why they were so important slash are so important and in terms of donating these copies so so somebody will will do a pledge and then you guys will match they they get their game i guess during fulfillment and then the pledge copy at the same time i guess during like uh, during fulfillment stage you'll people fill out a survey and they'll say okay i want to go to such and such a school or we have a list of schools they can choose from or like I'm in Canada, for instance. So if I want to, yeah. if I want to back, I think it's said in your sheet, this is for USA schools only. So I would back, but I would, you know, have the confidence and comfort knowing that you guys will find an appropriate school in mm. the area to, to send the game to. Is that how that kind of works? Yeah, that's true. So we're basically giving backers the option of like, uh, if you have a school in mind that you want to have your, your copy donated to, you, you'll have the option to do that. Or if you don't, and you just want to copy the game while still giving one to a public school, then we'll handle that. Um, and that's going to be primarily like, like right now, it's just going to be focused more on New York schools. Cause that's my community. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want to give back to my immediate community first and let sure. maybe if the game gets much bigger, then we'll sort of expand to different, uh, states slash regions of the country. But, um, yeah. So this game is described, I would describe this game as kind of a, a basic, um, basic is probably not the word, a simplified deck builder. Uh, so you've got 
um, because most people know what a deck builder is, right? Um, but this, you have um, essentially your your scientists uh, that you're you're collecting, and then I guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's like planet cards that are dealt out, and they are your victory points. Each of them have certain requirements to enable to, I guess, solve them that that, that crisis. And then you would use your your scientists and your as you're building your deck to start uh, resolving some of those crises. Is that how that works? Yeah. So, so without going into specifics, the the basic idea is that there's these outbreak cards, mm-hmm. and each outbreak card has a certain color combination. Um, for example, maybe blue, uh, gray, green, mm-hmm. and that would be worth maybe four points. Um, you resolve outbreak cards by placing Cardane specialists, which all, also are color coded in the, the order that, that the outbreak card is, uh, represents, like the, or the outbreak card uh, says. Um, and if you have that correct order, you get the points, and first person to 10 points wins, pretty much. And there's also action cards to spice things up, and unique Cardane specialists, which we, call it, which we call hero cards, which also add a bit of um, strategy slash, like, cool moments. I, you know, I, I love it. And this is one thing that... Um my brother and Adam and I have been playing a lot of uh, deck builders lately because we're working on doing a deck building game. So best way to do that is actually play other deck building games. And uh, you know, when I, when I think about playing this with people who are non gamers or, or even playing uh, you know, with um, uh, younger kids um, you know, some of the deck builders are a bit complicated. And so what I really thought was cool about your game is it seems, I think you used the word accessible earlier, which I thought was a great word because it's, it's, it's not about being simple. It's about being accessible. How right. can I bring the concept of deck building to somebody who's maybe a new gamer or to somebody that's younger or somebody who just wants to have a casual uh, play and they don't want to go like too heavy into a game. Um, this seems like it's that. It seems like this is very accessible for people to want to do that. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that 100%. I think, or I know, one of, one of, one of the main goals of creating this game was to create a, a game that, that would be fun for new players because my friends mm. and family are not all like super hardcore gamers and uh, veteran uh, board gamers alike. You know, I want it to be easy to learn, but hard to master. Um, yeah. And I think I've accomplished that with this game. Maybe not hard to master like Magic the Gathering level, but yeah. it's still, there's, there's, some, there's some depth to it, which is... Like Dominion or something like that. Yeah. And then how long is it? What's your gameplay length? How, how long does the game take to play? Yeah, so it depends on the number of players, um, which is it's two to five players. I, I think I didn't mention that. But yeah, it's two to five players. Um, and it's usually around 15 to 30 minutes, depending okay. on how many players there are. It's pretty quick. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about your team? So I noticed on your, your, your campaign page here, you've got a team that you've built up. How did you find these people and, and kind of what role do they play uh, on your team and, and how does that all work? Yeah, so I think the biggest or, or the, the, the best way that, that we found um, team members was that me and my mom like went on Facebook groups and just started contacting a bunch of people and just made connections with other people and, and talked with a bunch of different people. Like we, we interviewed a bunch of people and just, you know, uh, I think we talked, me and my dad talked, or my dad and I talked to like three or four artists just mm-hmm. to get a sense of how art works in the board game industry before deciding on which artists we actually wanted to go with. Um, so if you look at the team section of the Kickstarter, you'll see Olivier and Dina um, mm-hmm. at the top. And, and these, uh, Olivier and Dina were essential 
to the Kickstarter. Like, I honestly don't think it would happen if it weren't for them. Um, and Dina's role was basically like marketing and helping to put the Kickstarter together. And Olivier's role was helping me with um, sort of the, like the game design, um, early stages of art, and also helping put the Kickstarter together. So they, they were in, really integral to the process. Um, in terms of art, we have Zora Gritch. I'm not sure if I pronounced the name correctly because that artist was from Fiverr and he did yeah. an excellent job on the landscapes or the outbreak cards, which um, they're honestly fantastic. Um, and then Nicholas, who's working on the Cardan Specialists, um, which we're still, we're not done with yet, yep. but you know, it's, it's Kickstarter. So we'll, we're, we're, it's, it's going to come, it's going to come. Uh, and Timo, who did the video and some of the graphic design for the Kickstarter. And I think he also did a fantastic job. If you look at the uh, Kickstarter video, it's really cool. It's all animated and stuff like that. And Hungry Gamer, which was uh, recommended by D Dina as well. Um, and he did the voice acting in the, in the Kickstarter video. So that's quite, and I would say that video is awesome. I, I love the video. Yeah. I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, so congrats on that. It's amazing uh, how much difference uh, a video can make, right? And even Kickstarter will say that, like when you go launch your, your, your game, as you're first kind of building it out, they put in there, we highly recommend you have a video, period, any video. That is going to give you that much more backers than if you have no video. Uh, it's almost unheard of for somebody to do a campaign without a video now. Um, but then when you have a video that's polished, like what you've put together here, um, it really kind of adds a, just a nice little kind of finish on it. So I thought that was really awesome. And it quite frankly, it helped build out the world. Mm. I found, right. Like it, when I looked at that, I'm like, okay, I get a sense of this world that he's created. Um, and then, so with Olivier, did he, so is, so he took your, like what part of the, where were you with the, with your game at the point when you brought him in? So you said he's kind of helped a bit with kind of steering some of the, the, the game mechanics or game design. How did that work or what did it look like before you kind of brought him in? Yeah. So before we brought him in, I think the game was a little bit unpolished and I, I wasn't satisfied because I felt like there was a few like loose ends. Um, it was, it, it was like not simplified enough. And I felt like, uh, Things, things could have just been like there was a way to create the game so that I could explain it much easier and it would be more fun as well. And I think Olivia helped help me get to that point because we were talking a lot and, and problem solving, trying to figure out ways how to how to balance the game, how to change mechanics to make it more fun. Um, we even removed something called mutation cards, which might come in a future expansion if I choose to, to <laughs> do that. But yeah. uh, because mutation cards is basically like whenever you draw one of them, it adds a new rule. It got a little bit too crazy. There's like yeah, flux yeah. in that sense, but it's still a fun idea. Uh, but not, not for the first uh, production of the game. Not for the so first were you game. like emailing back and forth, like print and play versions, or did you guys use like tabletop simulator or how did you, how did you work on that together? Like how walk us through that process, the back and forth. Yeah. So we had a lot of zoom calls, like a lot, a lot of zoom calls. We did a lot of tabletopia play sessions. Hmm. Um, and actually we have a pretty much anyone, if uh, anyone can play the tabletopia demo, just send us a, a message and we'll send it to you because it's, it's really available. Um, and yeah, tabletopia, we made a bunch of changes to tabletopia and just kept play testing there. And then we met up in person. It did more play tests and from there, I started playtesting with other people, friends, family, 
and just getting ideas uh, as to what works, what doesn't, what they like, what they don't like. And I think the playtesting process was also really important. It's, some, it's so unique to game design. Like, I don't feel like you find that in any other like field or, or yeah, field or like discipline. I think the blind play testing really helps too, right? Because mm -hmm. there's so many times that I've, you know, blind play tested a game. And there's always, it comes back where someone say, well, what about this? This I'm not really sure I understand this rule or I'm not really sure what to do here. So A, it exposes very quickly holes in your, your rule book, right? Uh, very, mm -hmm. very quickly. Um, and then secondly, there's always, I, I love it because there's always something that's going to pop up that you maybe didn't think of. Right. Or you think, oh, maybe I could do that differently. Um, I, I think of, you know, the, there's a game we've got coming out soon called Hamsters versus Hippos. And mm -hmm. I was watching a uh, reviewer, uh, their, their video of uh, the solo version of this game. And while they're playing to, to track which hamster they moved the last, they would then lay the hamster down. And I'm like, that is so clever and so obvious. And I didn't think of it. <laughs> Right. So guess what we're going to incorporate in our playbook when we uh, redo our rules before we launch the game, we're going to take that. Hey, here's a tip on how to track uh, which hamster you won. So it is so essential to get this feedback from people and, uh, and, and kind of try to incorporate it where you can. So then when Dina came in, so did she come in at a later date then? Uh, so when you kind of had everything polished with Olivier, then she came in and started saying, okay, now here's how we're going to structure the page or. Yeah. So she came in at a later date and, um, helped with all like the, the marketing aspect of uh, bringing a game to Kickstarter, like uh, helping promote the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, and Kickstarter. And, and she was vital to bring this game to Kickstarter because she had a lot of connections, yeah. which also like, for example, Timo and Hungry Gamer, um, which allowed us to speed up the production of this game or speed up, like bringing it to Kickstarter. Um, and yeah, she was just, she is just like very helpful because um, I, I could not do the marketing without her. Like, I'm not very good at Facebook. In fact, I don't know at all how to use Facebook. So well, your generation doesn't use Facebook. Yeah, right? I don't so, use Facebook at all. I had to create a Facebook account and was like struggling. Like, I had to verify my account. I actually had that with my kid the other day. They said uh, they almost missed an appointment because someone sent them details in Messenger, and they're like, <laughs> Yeah. I never look at messenger. Why would I look at messenger? Why would the person even send to me this information on messenger? They're the same age as I am. This is crazy. So yeah, nobody your age is using Facebook. Mm. Um, but ironically, uh, that's Facebook is still the largest, um, generator of traffic for Kickstarter, yeah. specifically in the board game industry. So it's something that is absolutely essential from ad, uh, advertising standpoint. Did you guys invest in any kind of ads or anything like that? Or did you guys put any kind of investment into promotion or, or what did you do there? Yeah. So for promotion, we're doing a lot of um, Instagram ads, Facebook ads, and just promoting the posts. Um, I also think we're going to start incorporating maybe like newsletters or, or some other stuff. But as of right now, it's been mainly like uh, the promotion of posts and, and that, type of, that type of stuff. That's cool. Oh, and also like like reviews slash overviews. Of course. Now, have you guys um, uh, thought about um, like pledge management? So are you going to use a pledge manager or are you looking at doing your own survey through the tools in, in Kickstarter or like, how, how are you going to manage that? Um, yeah, I think we're using Backerkit. But oh, cool. 
yeah, I think we're we're gonna make yeah we're we're not gonna do it on our own because I think it's just easier to use a pledge manager. It, it is super easy, and uh, I it, I am still shocked that Kickstarter hasn't looked at that and said, why don't we just replicate what these other professionals have done an amazing job at and mm-hmm. do it ourselves. They still don't provide it as an internal service. The uh, I have personally used the one that Kickstarter provides. It is not great. <laughs> and it puts a lot of work on your shoulders, which is not great. So yeah, if you can do a backer kit or uh, you know, CrowdOx, which is now owned by backer kit or any of these guys, um, game found another one, you know, all these tools are, are there to help you. Right. Mm-hmm. So where do you go from here? What, like, are, are you, have you been bitten by the bug? Are you going to keep designing games or are you going to take a break or what, what's your plan? So I thought about it. I'm not entirely sure, but if I were to design more games, I know what I would like, what the topic would be. Um, and I've had two ideas. One of them is something to do with chemistry or like organic chemistry, something like a, a very advanced topic, but mm-hmm. presented in a way that's educational, but also fun. So I've noticed that like one of the best ways to teach things is through games in my yep. personal experience, because that's just people remember that better and it's just more fun. Like you enjoy the learning process. Sure. Um, so that's an idea. I was thinking maybe like, uh, for example, I could create the art of like a caffeine molecule in the shape of coffee or something like that, or like little <laughs> cool things like that. Uh, but that's just, uh, that's for, I'm, I'm nowhere near uh, ready with that. Like that's just like thought thoughts at this point Um, the other idea would be maybe something about jazz or jazz history because i play alto saxophone oh wow and one of my favorite genre of music is jazz and i am in the jazz band and i love to play alto sax it's a huge part of my life and thinking maybe creating a card game or maybe a board game that either shows the history of jazz and how it's progressed or maybe it's like the the different instruments of jazz and, and present them in a cool and unique way that's that's fun and engaging no, that's cool. Lucas, I am uh, so, so happy for you of what you've been able to do here. This is, uh, is certainly incredible what you've done. Uh, it's an inspiration for people your age. Um, people that are older than you that are not getting off their butts and getting kind of going after their dreams should listen to this and, uh, and say, gosh, if somebody 17 is uh, willing to say, you know what, I'm going to go figure this out. Anybody can go and figure out their dreams. So I want to wish you all the best on this campaign. You guys are rocking. I'm sure it's going to just keep climbing. I can't wait to see where this thing ends. And I wish you all the best. Yeah, thank you so much. And if you want to find us on Twitter, it's at Cardea on. If you want to find us on Instagram, it's at Crisis on Cardea. And Facebook, Green Street Games. And Kickstarter, just Crisis on Cardea. Thank you. You take care. Cheers. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast. Hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply join the Facebook group Board Game Binge and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.